All right. Welcome to the F5 podcast. Welcome to this amazing discussion regarding sex, lies, and business. Oh. It's going to be an interesting topic. Uh, if you want to uh, join our business program, go to uh, patreon.com forward slash F5 podcast group coaching program. Uh, if you want to see clips of our podcast, go to Sebastian Ingus, Frank Aziz, or the F5 podcast. Uh, and uh, so we look forward to discussing this amazing topic uh, with Rashid, by the way. Rashid, why don't you just really quickly introduce yourself and uh, we'll go from there. Well, first of all, thank you guys for having me. It's, uh, it's a pleasure to be here. I watched Thanks you for guys coming. a few times. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks for coming. coming. <laughs> you guys are awesome. I, I used to always tell Frank, I'll have you guys in the background while I'm working, just listening. Oh, wow. yes, I love it. So mm. Thanks for having me. Um, I am uh, 35. I just moved out here to OC. Um, I, I could fit into the concept of an entrepreneur, mm -hmm. but um, where'd you move from? Inland Empire. Mm -hmm. Nice. So. Um, I don't yes. Yes. Yeah. I, I still have an Inland Empire. Yeah. 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 people live out there. <laughs> you know, it has its goods and its bad. They got the nice trails, you know, for good hiking and stuff. Yes. Like that. But over here, just uh, a little bit different clientele. A lot mm. more educated people. It's oh. Mm. So um, definitely <laughs> grateful for it. <laughs> So, so what what type of business do you run? Um, well, I uh, I kind of do it all. Whatever I uh, I find interest and in. I uh, I see a, something fun to do with a good profit margins. I like to dip into it. Um, I initially made my capital from doing manufacturing and distribution of e-cig, uh, e-juices. I got really lucky. I uh, I ended up selling way more international than in America. Oh wow! So yeah, I got really lucky. Huh. Yeah. Apparently, everybody loves McDonald's way more than Americans do. Oh, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so it worked <coughs> out. Um, I'm invested in retail today. Uh, we, we work in two sectors, um, e-cigs and uh, CBD currently. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're trying to get into THC, but mm -hmm. we'll see how that goes. <laughs> nice. Nice. Great. And you have three locations, successful business. Hopefully, yes. Yes. We'll <laughs> see the quarter numbers. And Soon to come. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Um, can I? So we're, we're talking about sex lies in business. We're talking about relationships in business. Can I mention, like, you mention whatever you want. Okay. All right. Oh Put so it all out there. <laughs> <laughs> Be careful. I Tell us Rashid's me. dirty secrets. He knows Frank. He knows. Frank. Yeah. Yeah. He knows. <laughs> Wait. How do you guys know each other? If we yeah. Can, yeah. So so before we get into Rashid's it. Rashid's my wife's cousin. Oh, nice. Oh, nice. family. Awesome. We're, we're safe grounds. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. So Rashid is, can you just, you, you say, you say what you want to say with regards to your relationships currently. Okay. Well, I, uh, I'm currently going through a divorce. Um, I've uh, been married for about seven years, 10 years with my ex. Um, so it's a little bit different to, to kind of just hit the reset button mm -hmm. right now. So the F5 button. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so we can do a little refresh and uh, <laughs> just take everything in the last 10 years and learn from it, you know? Yeah, I think there's a lot we can learn from, from your relationship, for sure. Absolutely. Cool. Um, so the title of the podcast is Sex, Lies, and Business. Sebastian, this is your idea, your title. <laughs> so <laughs> what, what gave you that idea of doing Sex, Lies, and Business? That's all we title. talk about <laughs> <laughs> on this podcast. Sex, <laughs> Lies. So. I feel it's like true. I think it's... You know, coming to those are all hot topics, things that people are interested in, and they they blend very well together. And a lot of the drama that we see in our lives, all the conversations we get, comes from those things. So, I think it's fun. It gives us an, kind of an open topic today to kind of get into a lot of different things. 
uh, in business and indoor relationships that will be useful, hopefully. Okay, cool. Um, ladies, what do you think about dating entrepreneurs? What are, your, what are your thoughts on that? Have you ever thought about dating an entrepreneur? Are you dating an entrepreneur? Obviously, Kat. I think um, Sandra as well. Um, Molly as well. Soon to be. <laughs> so what are your thoughts on dating an entrepreneur? And what are the challenges? And what are the pros and cons? Um, well, I feel like we always talk about how ambition is really attractive. I mean, we've talked, we touched on that several times on this podcast. So... Um, on that on that end, it's really awesome just because, again, ambition is pretty attractive and just like finding somebody that has goals, um, is motivated and energized to do it, I feel like that's amazing. Um, challenges, I mean, I think even with that ambition, it's uh, finding that balance between like being focused, so focused on your business because business is quite frankly, another relationship, mm -hmm. um, to be honest. It requires it just, just as much um, commitment and dedication and energy and relationship building, especially our business. Um, it's very much about people. So I think the challenge would just be around that, like how much time is being put in into your business and then finding time to also take care of like your personal life and nurturing those relationships. So yeah, those are my thoughts. Mm -hmm. But I think that with dating an entrepreneur, you have to be open and understand the sacrifices that you're going to need to. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You can't be closed off or just do your own thing just on your own. You have to share that value with your partner. So mm -hmm. I think that's going to be very important. And I think that is a pro and a con, right? So it yeah. can go hand in hand. I think that the support on dating an entrepreneur is going to have to be very strong mm -hmm. because as long as they're continuously staying passionate about their role and their job, I think that that will go a long way. <coughs> yeah. And I think people have different um, perspectives on what an entrepreneur is. I've talked to people where they think that that's someone that literally, so they were raised in Newport, just to give some like background. Their parents are also entrepreneurs, but for some reason they said that anybody that says they're entrepreneurs um, are broke, um, <laughs> lying um, and don't know what they're doing. And then I've heard the opposite. No, those are the people that are super successful. Those are the ones with different outlooks on how to fix a problem, how to make things profitable, whatever the case is. So um, if it's someone, if you think that dating someone that is an entrepreneur is always going to be rainbows and puppies and make a ton of money, you should step back and really think about it because entrepreneurs have just as many bad times as there is good mm -hmm. times, um, although you probably don't see the bad times. So if you're going to be a partner to someone that is an entrepreneur, you have to be ready for and that. And an entrepreneur won't complain about the bad times either. <laughs> Usually. We yeah, we might. Depends. Oh, depends. We <laughs> depends. It depends. Um, so what are your thoughts on uh, uh, dating an entrepreneur like when it's in the struggle mode when mm -hmm. we're in, when he's in struggle mode or mm -hmm. she's in struggle mode mm -hmm. versus dating a ready-made like he's already has an established business type of entrepreneur hmm. it's like that question like are you going to date your day one or your 300th day or whatever you called it I don't yeah know what the analogy was. 50th day day one versus 50th mm -hmm. day 50 
experience it uh, for an established entrepreneur it never really ends it just keeps going mm -hmm. so even if they are established to them it's just a number they will always want the better they always want to keep climbing yeah <coughs> which that principle alone makes dating an entrepreneur tricky yes very much so right because yeah. of that piece they constantly want to grow and level up so if you come in at some point along the way mm -hmm. and you don't keep growing and leveling up they will move right past you yep. and you see this a lot <laughs> which is if you date someone very <coughs> early on before they really have real success and you stay the same and they keep growing, there's likely going to be tension. Do you think it's the same for men and women? Like if uh, it's the guy that's an entrepreneur and dating someone, a woman, um, or the woman is an entrepreneur dating someone else that I is think not? I think there's less tolerance. on If the woman's the entrepreneur, successful entrepreneur, mm -hmm. there's less tolerance for the guy being lazy and not ambitious and not wanting to grow. I think there's more tolerance on the guy's side uh, with regards to who they're dating initially um, and their inability to that part, their partner's in inability to grow and, and want to, you know, be more ambitious. What, do you, what are your thoughts on that, Rashid? You know, honestly, I, I don't think sex has anything to do with it. I, I personally think that if you get two people that are emotionally intelligent together and um, understand, hey, this guy wants to grow. Hey, she's doing wonderful and she wants to grow and they could both grow together. Mm -hmm. I think that's the actual scenario here. But we don't live in a perfect world. Mm -hmm. But today, if I ever wanted to do something like that, I'll definitely do a lot more research before I, you know, <laughs> <laughs> hand out any more rings, you know what I mean? <laughs> 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 you know, we're going to do a little background. <laughs> do you think okay. it's different? Yes. How? I think, just like Frank said, um, women have less tolerance. But mm -hmm. I think there's also, you have to think about, um, as a man, your ego might get a little in the way if your woman is making more money, making more of an impact in the world, um, et cetera. Um, I definitely think that it is different. Okay. Yeah. But with all due respect, why is it has to be in a competitive mode? I don't know. You tell me. I, I think uh, <laughs> being in a relationship is more of a teamwork. I don't think I, it's I agree. If you want to be competing, you two should be competing against other. I agree. Uh, yeah. It's just I think as men, um, you don't. Would you be okay if your woman? And we've asked Frank this question. Would you be okay if your wife made more money, did more than you, had more um, endeavors, more everything than you? Um, I actually have absolutely no problem with it. When I was uh, working as a security guard mm -hmm. at the casino, mm -hmm. uh, my ex, she actually made more money than me. Mm -hmm. And um, I honestly I found it to be irritating a little bit because <laughs> exactly. you know, my life was on the line here. You know? <laughs> 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 and I was getting paid less money or whatever. Um, I, don't, I don't think, I think if anything, it excited me more because I, uh, I'm with somebody that's doing much better. It made me want to get, you know, to level up. Yes. Mm -hmm. absolutely. yes. But when I think that's not the case, there's a lot less tolerance from the women's side to stay in the right. relationship as opposed to mm -hmm. the opposite where a man is with a woman that is not as growth-oriented or ambitious. They're, I think yeah, they they'll usually stay in the relationship level. longer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. well, and it ultimately, I think that comes down to where men and women find their security and value. They're generally, men... <laughs> may be changing in our society now, but men generally don't go to women looking for protection or, <laughs> or uh, finances or mm -hmm. like providing provision, right? right? That's normally their role, generally. Now, that's, you know, some of those things are changing in our society, Very but that's typically how humanity has showed up for a millennia. Mm -hmm. so those, 
that is like challenging the security of male, what it is to be male, to be the provider, to be the protector. And so there is insecurity that comes into that for that reason. It's like, well, if I'm not that, what am I? Mm -hmm. So I, I see the challenge on that side of things. We had a lot of comments around ambition. Um, people were, a lot of women were, were commenting about being with non-ambitious men. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then there were some that were saying, well, ambitious doesn't necessarily mean successful. I agree. Right? And yeah. that's true. And right? that's, that's kind true. of the pain of being with an entrepreneur. In some cases, there's more stability, um, mm -hmm. at least short-term stability. I think that's somewhat of an illusion, but there's at least some short-term stability if you just have a solid job versus trying to be something or be more. I mm -hmm. agree. And there's the downs before the ups, which calculated bet, that's a good time to be with a dude if you'll stay, stay by his side because you catch him on his rise. Um, very often, if you catch him after they've, they've made their run, they're probably going to have a higher standard, and that could become a whole other set of problems for you. Mm -hmm. So, well, it's <coughs> fascinating. Yeah, I think there's something to be said about if you're with somebody on, on day one in business or in relationships, they're probably going to appreciate you so much more compared to somebody that comes to them when you're established and ready-made. That doesn't mean, I'm not saying that women have to go after the, the guy that's not made yet mm -hmm. um, because that's hard. That's a hard decision to make because you want security. Women value security heavily. Um, but there's also there's pros and cons to, to dating both guys, the guy that's ambitious. So first of all, don't date a guy that's not working hard. Let's just put that out there. If he's not working hard, he's not getting up in the morning, he's not like grinding, if he's broke, he better be freaking working from like 7 a.m. in the morning until 12 at night until he actually is not broke. So that's the first thing. So that's a prerequisite, and I would not recommend any girl dating any guy that's lazy. Just fucking stay away, right? Because that's how you get fucking a, a video that goes viral and thousands of comments of women complaining about their husbands and ex-husbands um, saying they're lazy and they have no ambition, whatever the case may be. So if you're going to date a guy that's, that's ambitious but hasn't made it yet, you run the risk of him not making it. It's, it's, it's a scary risk to take, right? That's just in my, as a woman, that's what I would think. However, that guy is probably going to stay with you. And if you want monogamy, uh, that's what your goal is, then that's probably going to lead the guy principally to say, I'm going to be loyal to this, if that's what you want, Okay. If you want a ready-made guy, the benefit is more money. Awesome. Ready-made, securities there, so very attractive. However, you're going to run into, th this may be your thing, this may not be your thing. You're polyamorous. But if you go into a ready-made guy, he's probably going to want, you know, multiple partners. That's, and if that's your thing, great. If that's not your thing, then I would consider this. Um, and then also prenups. You're going to run into that. And the third thing is um, trust issues if you go for a ready-made guy. So I'm not saying pick one or the other, but just know, like, what, what comes with what. You know, what comes with going after the guy that's not made yet, but he's working really hard, and what comes with a guy that's already made <coughs> that is single still and is dating. Well, I'm oh. curious. I was going to ask Sabs because you mentioned, you know, once somebody has made it, the standards are different. So... I don't know, what are your thoughts with what Frank just said? Because I was actually going to ask you, what are those standards that are different, in well your opinion? Good question. If you are somebody who is constantly pushing yourself to grow, mm -hmm. you generally are going to project that onto people in your inner circle. Mm -hmm. It's almost impossible that you don't. 
-hmm. So if you're constantly growing and you're seeing the world upgrading the way you see your world and the people in your inner circle aren't, you will generally upcycle mm -hmm. those people to people who do see that, which mm -hmm. is why it's really important if you are in relationships that you learn to grow together. Yeah. And, and that's, if you don't grow together, you will grow apart. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But so, I mean, somebody <coughs> coming into that, somebody new, right, coming into that, I mean, that won't change, right? Because they're still expecting whoever new comes in who didn't see all of that is still striving for that? You see yeah, that but if you, so if, you, if you've come to a level of success, when you, when you hit certain thresholds of success, you're open to new circles. Mm -hmm. So like you, people with the same level of success tend to hang out with people with the same yeah. level of success, generally. Mm -hmm. right? And sometimes people think that's elitist, and it's really not. It's you want to hang out with like-minded people that have that's the really same true. values, that want the same things. So if... If at some point you outgrow a relationship, mm -hmm. it's like you could hate on that person and go, oh, you're not being loyal. It's like, well, no, you had every opportunity to grow too. And mm -hmm. I just, you see this a lot. This is not an, an abnormal thing. Mm -hmm. So it's just really important. The relationships that matter most to you, it's important that you take the time to grow together in that. Mm -hmm. and, and so if you have somebody's, and this is, this is especially going to be painful if the person you're with is beating you over your head the entire time when you're going through the tough times, and they're not really, it's like you're almost taking them kicking and screaming. They're not like mm. a massive support. And then they want to reap the reward of your success. Then that person's setting themselves up for failure. Yeah. Does it make sense? Yeah. yeah. So it it just your standards, if you're, if you're in growth mode and growth matters a lot to you, growth and contribution, right? The top two <coughs> psychological needs. If you're in that mode constantly, the people in that circle need to be in that mode too, or they're going to have a hard time staying in your inner circle because mm. they'll just, they'll be butting heads constantly. Yeah. Has anyone watched the movie <coughs> Acrimony? Mm -mm. Acrimony? Yeah. No. No? No? What is it about? So, my my wife related to this a lot. <laughs> but, uh, so there's this guy um, in the movie. He's with this girl. Um, they're in a committed relationship. And he's an engineer. And he's trying to invent this device that's like something with a light bulb or it, it, it it's like a, 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 a light bulb that I don't know. I forgot the exact invention, but mm -hmm. he was spending all his time on it and he was going broke <laughs> and he was trying to to make things happen with like big corporations. So he'd get these like random opportunities and he'd have this like trucking job with with her family and he would have to cancel consistently. And like it was causing a lot of tension. Eventually, she was mm -hmm. like, I I've had enough after she he missed another, you know, route with his her family. Uh, he missed another route. She's like, I've had enough word of breaking up, right? And she still loved him, you know, supported him, but just couldn't do it anymore because she just didn't have the security and she was just, you're not being responsible. Eventually, he does make it. He, he goes to this company, company offers him like a million bucks. He goes, hell no, I'm not taking a million bucks. They come back and they're like, no, we're gonna give you like $20 million for, for your invention because mm -hmm. it's, it's really legit, right? So he makes it. Now he finds a different girl. And the girl that he was with that stayed with him all this time during all the hardships and finally broke it off is going crazy. She's like, oh, I can't believe you you finally made it. Like, why didn't you make it while you're with me? Oh, wow. <laughs> She's the constant variable. <laughs> so so she so it, it kind of gets a little crazier and it it, it kind of goes back movie. to I think we yeah, can all movie. figure out why he didn't make it. Not the main reason, but I don't think it was her. I think Maybe it was her push. It was timing. Maybe she shouldn't. She shouldn't have given up. But would you yeah. stay in a situation like that where it's it's a horrible situation? It's very tough. 
it's you're struggling the whole time, um, and stay with a with a guy or or girl. Pretty sure she didn't love him. I was gonna say that, but yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 that's <coughs> a good point. Yeah. If you love someone, you would have stuck by him through thick through and thin, thin, you know. Mm. I have a question in regards to, I guess, age of success. So you continue to talk. You'll say things like, "Women don't date guys who are lazy" and things like that. But is there a certain age in which, like, a woman should start to consider, like, okay, this is gonna be your day one? Like, he might be young or whatever. But what if this guy's you know, in his 40s and, like, trying to make it or become successful. Like, mm. what is age a number in this context? Uh, the, the, if I were to make a rule book, a blue, like, just a, 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 I would say... I would love to see this rule book <laughs> of yours. <laughs> <laughs> you you all would love it, trust yeah. me. You all would love it. So, <laughs> so, like, if I were to make a rule book, I would say go after the guy that's really ambitious is working really, really hard. Um, when the stock price is lower, invest in that stock... That's essentially, if we're going to use an analogy, invest in that stock, the stock goes up, and then bam, jackpot. Now you have somebody that is very successful and gives you everything you potentially want because now there's principally this man, not not always, and I know you you may disagree with this, but not always, but principally there's things that a guy that you're with from day one is going to give you that he wouldn't give you when he's on his day 50. I'm just, I'm just saying. But so to, to answer your question, Molly, I, I know you're, you're thinking about this. Um, usually, I think guys usually hit their stride around 35. Mm-hmm. Their stride, you can start to see, oh, this is going somewhere, right? Around 35. So if, he, if he's less, um, if he's younger than that, then there's, there's still opportunity there. There's, there's a lot of things that um, that person can strive for. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would also say, like, in your 20s, somebody is working hard. That's what I would say. Go, to, I would say go after that person because that person could make it very, very much so and give you everything you want. So, what are your thoughts, and Rashid? Well, I, I think you're talking. <coughs> maybe I'm wrong. So, cr- clarify if I am. But is there a point when you think it's a bad bet, or it's like <coughs> you're still talking this way and you're still not a success, and you're in your 40s and 50s? Does that just mean you're full of shit? That's that how, yeah, that's how I thought it too. Yeah. Some people make it later on in life. So it's, well. that's hard to know. Uh, and and it's, it sucks the way we're talking about relationship right now because it sounds very transactional. It does. Yeah. That's, that's I was going to say that. Yeah. yeah. That's so not like my, my vibe. But I think that goes What's to your point deal? earlier about the difference between ambition and success. Like you could be ambitious but not successful. And I feel like that ties into what she's saying too. In, in, in if you're calc- if you're if it's an important thing to you, like hey, I'm really chasing success and I want to be with someone that's a success, then you need to pay attention more to what they're doing than what they say. Mm-hmm. That's the big thing. And that was going back to a lot of the comment section. People were like, Well, I dated somebody who said they were ambitious, mm-hmm. but they were lazy as fuck. The scariest person in the world is the ambitious, lazy person. Yeah. Right? They talk a big game, they just don't show up that way. And they're very there's a lot of women who get caught up with that guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know someone in my personal life who's in their 60s who's got a 19-year-old maturity level who still talks this big game. And he still gets fucking women to, to show up with him because of the way he talks. I'm like, how are you? How? And success hits at different times, right? So it, yeah. it's hard to judge that piece. But you start to figure out when somebody's got a shtick, like this thing that they do to get laid or mm-hmm. to have, be in relationship. Mm-hmm. And it... They really don't have the intent of being a success. They talk the game because they want the fruit of success. They want the recognition. They want the accolades. They want the girl. So 
you really have to pay attention to what they're doing more than what they're saying. Well, and, and if you really, I think, listen to what they're saying, though, and, and try to understand, like, okay, well, like, what's your action plan? And as long as you're yeah. knowledgeable or do any kind of research on what they're saying, you should be able to have some level of bullshit detector, too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, and that's, but that really isn't age-related, but it is easier to figure out the older they get. Because they're like, hey, have you always been this way? I've always been this way. So <laughs> since you were a teenager, you've always been, oh, I've, as long as I've been alive, I've been ambitious. And I'm like, thanks for the warning. <laughs> and, and so there's, there's that side of it. And a lot of people feign ambition. And by the way, as we're talking about ambition, ambition doesn't even necessarily mean financial success. Because that was another comment that people are like, well, my husband's ambitious. It's just not about money. And that's, ambition isn't necessarily money related. It can equate to money. Mm -hmm. But really, I would, I would define it as the desire to want to get better, to constantly yeah. be growing and to constantly be pushing yourself. Um, to me, that's the core aspect of ambition. Very often, that leads to more financial success and otherwise. But it doesn't, you could be an incredibly ambitious mother or father. And that's mm -hmm. an admirable to me. I want to be the best mother, the best father I can be. So it's not necessarily about money. Uh, it's the desire to want to continue to grow. Mm -hmm. By the way, uh, Jordan Peterson uh, quoted a study on uh, what women prefer mm -hmm. regarding ambition. Mm -hmm. And um, and the study was a dichotomy between successful men, men that have, not successful, I would say men that have a lot of money. Mm -hmm. So like, let's say a guy has like $10 million in the bank versus a man that doesn't have a lot of money but is hustling, is has the ability mm -hmm. to get to where the other guy is, right? And overwhelmingly, women prefer the guy that has the ability to get to where that guy is, and that hustle is really hard. And the guy, by the way, that has like $10 million in the bank, he's just like playing golf. He's not really doing shit with his life. He's just like, I'm going to... Or he's just in a different season where his goal was never about money. It was about a certain level of freedom. Mm -hmm. And then he got it, and now his ambitions don't aren't admirable. And it's like what he's doing with his life doesn't motivate you. Like, you spend all your time on the golf course getting drunk with your buddies. Like, sure. that's not who I want to be with. Yeah. I not, get that. Growing. I, not growing. Not growing. I, I want to add to something you said earlier, Frank, in clarification. It's not just finding the guy on his day one. It's being part of the reason he succeeds. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah, that's because that it, hits different. Because, yeah. oh, for sure. Because oh, I was there's, missing there's that. Some girls, <laughs> there's some girls that will show up there, and it's like they're a pain in the ass, and the guy's putting up with either because they're good in bed or that's, he doesn't have time to fucking date anyone else, and he literally just puts up with them. But then when he hits another level, he's like, bye-bye. <laughs> right? And they're like, what the fuck? I've been here. Like, yeah, and you've been a pain in my ass the entire time. So be part of the reason they succeed. Be on their team. Be their biggest fan. Mm -hmm. uh, and you're going to do far better in them staying loyal to you as you continue to grow. Rashid, mm -hmm. Rashid what are your thoughts on that? I'm, I'm agreeing with Speak, both of you Speaking guys. to the mic, by the way. Sorry. Yeah. I'm agreeing with you guys on everything on that one. Um, I, I do... Uh, I do agree with the part with where it, it did sound like we're talking about a transaction. Yeah. Instead of, you know, the, the idea of, like, getting... Uh, True love. Yeah, yeah that's... Getting to know. Like, I, I feel like there's kind of two different camps of, like, this is what we're talking about, which is way more transactional, but I don't even know how to relate with, like, basing decisions on a relationship around how much money or success that somebody has because the value to me is the relationship as a whole. And mm. I, I definitely can look back and appreciate like, okay, for example, we just went to um, like an executive partner's 50th birthday and I didn't really know a lot of background on him and his wife, but they had a slideshow prepared and I saw 
she was a part of the business that he's been in for 30 years and I just like start bawling <laughs> like yeah. maybe too much tequila but I'm still crying about it days <laughs> later so I don't think it really was that um, but there's just like so much like seeing their relationship and how much they love together how much they've built together and yeah. how supportive she is of him but also a badass herself like that's amazing and admirable but it doesn't mean that you have to be the day one in order to do that like coming sure. into my relationship with Sebastian he definitely had a level of success before I came into it but that wasn't why I was attracted to him or started dating him and now like even though I'm not day one like our business definitely wouldn't have been the same if I hadn't come in and I continue to try to find ways to add value and support him and mm -hmm. I'm, I'm also just my own woman in that too so I don't know yeah absolutely providing value outside of you know sex and and things of that nature is definitely what's going to keep a guy interested, I think. Well, I, I think, um, just, sorry to interrupt you, but something yeah. you said that's key there is date your date an equal. Mm -hmm. There needs to be an equality in the relationship. And as long as there's equality in the relationship and you're bringing equal weight to the relationship, it'll be good. And, and talking about transactional is, ugh, where that does play out, though, is yeah. in the early days of dating. Right, those are good questions to ask when you're just getting to know someone, and it is somewhat you want to go into the relationship eyes wide open. When you're in it, eyes half shut, um, but our eyes wide shut, depending on your preference. Maybe one <laughs> eye shut. I think I think people need to be a little bit more discriminatory. If you see like the divorce rate, fifty-four percent divorce rate, like people, you want to be discriminatory. You want to be discriminatory about that, but you also don't, you can kill you can kill any like chemistry or connection with the person if Agreed. that's all you're thinking about. <coughs> a, a but, there, but you still want to be wise. A hundred percent agree. And I think that's why, especially when emotions involved, people don't, they make weird decisions, right? So I think it's very important to have third parties, people that are outside of the current situation that can tell you, hey, this is what my thoughts are. And, the, and it's important, especially if you have very close people in your life, to listen to them, to like not just shun them and not uh, get to the point where they don't even want to share information with you because you're just going to like shun them and you're just going to say, Oh, fuck you or whatever the case may be. Like you need to be open to hearing their advice and you need to be in as a, as a guy, you need to be, you need to get advice from a girl that doesn't like you or doesn't want to be with you it, as, as a, as a girl, Why? as a girl, as a girl, you, you need to know what I'm saying is a third party person that like if, it, 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 it makes everything cloudy when there's a girl giving you advice that also likes you. Well, I think that outside. Yeah, that goes yeah, both yeah, ways. Yeah, yeah. A, girl, like, a third party. <laughs> a third party. Yeah. And like then the rule the is don't have somebody, especially of the opposite sex, that wants to be in a relationship with you or wants to have sex Maybe with you is giving you advice. Exactly. And, and the same goes, yeah. It, like I, th I think this happens sometimes with girls. They have like guy friends that secretly want to be with them. Mm. And then they, they say things like to like sabotage you know, relationship. And I think you, you definitely want like a guy having a guy in your life that doesn't want to be with you is like super valuable, I think. And just for, so he can tell you the truth. He can be like, this is like my actual thoughts on the process. And for you to listen to that is going to be helpful long term. I think, what do you, what do you guys think? Agreed. Yeah. My best friend said that. I think friends <laughs> are important. Yeah. <laughs> friends that give you real advice. I think community in general is important with that, but I agree. I mean, I have my friend too that I'm like, oh, I love you, but you just, uh, it hurts when you do tell me the truth. And it's like crap, but it's true. You need it, you know, because you know that they do love you. They don't want to be with you, but they 
share the truth. So, but generally, yeah. it would be a warning if you're with somebody that wants you to like cut all of your friends out of your mm-hmm. life. Oh yeah, I, I'm assuming. But you have a sister. I'm assuming there's that, their healthy right? relationships and there aren't other things going on, right? So right. there's. Mm-hmm. But assuming these are healthy relationships, there aren't other things that play into this. Having community around you is really important, even in relationship. And if somebody is asking you to cut out all other relationships in your life, that should be a, a general red flag. Mm-hmm. Assuming, again, there isn't other shenanigans going on there. Yeah. Can, can I mention your family member? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. It's fine. You, you have a family member that that um, had uh, moved because of a significant other, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Why don't you talk a little bit about that and like your thoughts on... Well, it's my sister. Mm-hmm. Um, we're all a very close family. All of my family is here. Well, most of my family is here. The rest is in Argentina. But most of my family is here. Um, she started dating this guy. It was very much long distance for a little bit. And then she was finishing her engineering degree. And she goes, I'm moving to Idaho. And we're like, why? Mm-hmm. Well, he doesn't like California. So we're going to move to Idaho. Where his family's from. Right. And your family's very tight. Very tight. Yep. We're all very so family sort of oriented. Yeah. Warning, warning. Yeah. Warning. For us, it's like, that's kind of weird because although that's fine, and I know that's super common in other families for people to be able to like move to other states. I mean, me and my other sister, we haven't had a guy say, like, you need to move over here because I don't like the state you live in. Mm-hmm. Um, which, like, Idaho is becoming California because of how many Californians are moving to mm-hmm. Idaho, but that's besides the point. Um, but yeah, she decided to move, um, and my father specifically, he's one of those, just like most fathers, very quiet until he has something to say, and when mm-hmm. he says it, you should listen. But she was like, nope, I'm moving. Um, and she wanted to move before she graduated from college, and he said, no, I'm paying for your schooling, you're finishing, and do whatever you want after that. Um, she ended up moving, um, and so we're all waiting for her to... She didn't finish? Dis- no, she did finish. Oh, she did finish. She okay. finished and then immediately moved, um, but we're all waiting for her to open her eyes and realize that the life that she's living, I don't think, is what she really wants. Yeah, I, I'm just not sure. Like, if, if you have somebody that's telling you to separate from close friends or family, mm-hmm. I think that's a huge mm-hmm. red flag. I mean, like I'm assuming you guys aren't a fan of the boyfriend. We aren't. Um, if he was, I think reason. if he was a different person where we all like loved him and he was very respectful and had something going for him, um, I think it would be a different discussion. But yeah, we're not a fan of him. So what do you do in that circumstance? Because that's like something I think well, a lot of fathers I got a, and yeah, mothers are Yeah, I got a lot of, of guidance from Molly because Molly also was really young and she moved out of state. Um, and, you know, when you're young, you're very naive. You think that, you know, this is my love story and mm-hmm. we're going to move away and blah, blah, blah. Um, but Molly said, you know, you just have to give her time to realize what she really um, is wanting in her life. And she goes, I finally decided and I finally opened my eyes and I came back home. Um, so we're all hoping for that. <laughs> fingers crossed. Youngest sister, right? Youngest sister. She is 22 sense. years old. Makes sense on a couple of levels. Exactly. Right. Like they're trying to figure out who they are and separate mm-hmm. themselves. And like, hey, I'm different. I don't want to be just like everyone else. Mm-hmm. So one of the hardest things to do there, we talk a lot about this, is show up in freedom and in love, which is allowing people the choice to be stupid or to make decisions mm-hmm. that may likely cause them pain, but they need to learn that lesson. We can actually cause more harm by trying to control them. Yeah, um, exactly. Because they don't ever learn the lesson. Right? Yeah. And they got to figure that out for themselves. 
Which so is that's so painful, hard. which is what truly loving someone is showing up in a way where you allow them to be them and explore what they want. Right? Yeah. Even if it's like, ugh, that kills my family, it kills our relationship, how could you be this mm-hmm. way? But it's like, hey, that's how you are right now. That's how you want to show up, and I'll accept you in that. Because then in the end, especially if things do fall apart, mm-hmm. they're more likely to come back and be like, thank you for loving me through this, even mm-hmm. though I was a total idiot and treated you poorly, <coughs> versus like, you know, they don't want to come back because they don't want to hear I told you so. Right. Right. Or they'll double down <laughs> in resentment right. on the relationship just to prove everyone wrong when it's like, ugh. And that is exactly what I told my mom because my mom's the one that was like trying to keep her. Like, nope, you're not, you know, you can't take this. You're not going to go there, blah, blah, blah. Um, but then she was like, why aren't you freaking out, Andrea? Why aren't you telling her? And I was mm-hmm. like, because you can't. People are, she's 22 years old. She can do what she wants. Right. Um, and so you have to let her figure it out. The more you tell her, don't go, the more she wants to go. And like Sab says, wants to prove a point as opposed to like, actually, this isn't working. I want to go back home. Yeah. Well, and she probably needs this experience too to kind of figure out who she is and grow. Is he an entrepreneur? No. Yeah, Yeah, the thing that's sad is that even though (laughs) she needs it, if you guys don't like the guy, he's probably, I don't know, you know. You want her to be in great relationship. Yeah. I think Dre is a really great judge of character. So if, if that's why I'm saying that, yeah. There, I would agree <laughs> with that, but I would also be willing to accept that maybe it does work out and she takes yeah. a different path in life completely. Mm. Don't assume that it's going to be negative. Right. You may very well be yeah. accurate, and I think I you're know. a good judge of character, so you, you probably are. But there's a chance that it's, she just has a different path. She's mm-hmm. running a different yeah. life, and it yeah. may end up yeah. working out. But yeah. at the end, family with. Is there, right? Sorry. His family is, yes. And, and that's at the end. Jesus. You remember your family for how they love you and support you. Right. Even even, yeah. even in, mm-hmm. and most importantly, in the times when you're acting like a dumbass. <laughs> right? If our family only loves us when we're showing up the right way, then Dang. is that really family? Yeah. You know, it's, it, and that, to be fair, is obviously the hardest time to love someone and support them when you're like, you're being an idiot. But <clears throat> As a parent, like, I can't imagine what your mom has gone through. Yeah. Can't imagine. Yeah. <laughs> when I think about that, like, I'm so attached to Emma. Mm-hmm. I'm, and I, you, you, you guys can probably relate because you both are parents. It's like, I don't know, like, j- the way I can explain being a parent, it's just, it, it's very hard to explain. But the way I explain it is like, you could li- literally tear up for no reason just by, like, you could see, like, I see my daughter sometimes walking across the room and I'm just like, oh my, I'm about to tear up right now. I don't know why. But she's just walking across the room. She smiles at you. She looks at you and she's like, like that <laughs> like okay not a weird smile like that but <laughs> but like she like you you just look at her you just look at her and just like right so can you can you like a, you could say resonate it, with you that say it, there's a couple of things that are going on there and i think you, your counterpoint for unconditional love very often is your child but beyond that especially when they're younger mm-hmm. especially at the age they are the old saying you know to the world you may be one person but to one person you are the world and you can feel that in them mm. when they make eye it's contact. It's an indescribable feeling. It's an indescribable feeling when yeah. your, your your child touches you, looks at you, uh, smiles. It's Jukes an indescribable. In so then, <laughs> yeah. oh Jesus, that, that, that happened. Oh me. Jesus Christ! Uh, I got a thing with. I, I ha- yeah. yeah. And then they become a teenager. Yeah. <laughs> and then. And then to see them grow, to see them get educated, to see them make friends, to see them do all that, and then to see them pick the wrong person and then go, bye. I'm not going to do it. I mean, yeah. You're going to have to do it. Life and, and 
we could get way ahead of ourselves in, in assuming we know what somebody's course in life is. Mm -hmm. And there's a whole stage, there's a whole stage of life that is testing values that are ideal values versus real values. I mean, right. I talk about this a lot, the identity gap. If you came into a family that had really strong values, there's a couple different ways you can go. Firstborns generally adopt the value system because that's mm. what we do. The middle child can kind of find their own way because they're trying to figure it out. The baby generally is going to be, fuck you, I'm going to find my own way. I don't mm -hmm. just assume that these values are my own. And they're going to go test the hell out of them. <laughs> it's an incredibly important <laughs> What's an inc Because what happens is they come back and they'll the values be assimilate into now real values. They're not ideal values, meaning they're not inherited values. I now understand why family is important. I understand why support is important. But yeah. in the beginning, they may not get that. It's just like thrown into their face, especially the youngest child, not always, but generally is trying to distinguish themselves from everyone else. And so they almost inherently want to be the opposite because they're trying to distinguish themselves. Do you think the youngest child gets punished the least? Yes. Yes. No. So if you, if yes. You, if you follow. Yeah. Look at it. Yeah. Yes, it's yeah. like parent. I wouldn't. I can't I speak to it because I don't have kids. But from what I've seen, it it's like the firstborn gets mm. punished the most, and then the second one learns. Okay, what do I not need to they do? And so it's kind of nope. more leniency. And then I think the third or the last one is like way less lenient yeah. or yeah way well, less the parents leniency. are like been there done that you're fine You'll yeah be okay. there's obviously <laughs> exceptions to this i know cat's story so i'm laughing because i know well i think about, about yours as well like do, it, does lucas get in trouble more than damien do you punish lucas more than damien no no yeah no <laughs> but, yeah and, and when the first child is like this sweet and yeah so like the birth order, right. birth order generally falls but in all things there's usually exceptions but the birth order is a fairly good way to do it because you look at it if you're new parents, the first yeah. child, you are far more careful about everything, and you mm -hmm. don't know what's, you, it's, you're easier to major on minors, because you don't know what you don't mm -hmm. know. By the time you get to the third, fourth, fifth child, you're like, ah, fucking, I've done this a few times, you're all right, right. shake yeah. it off. Yeah. Like, it's a different oh, yeah. energy. For sure, with Emma, know, it was like, You oh. know what you're doing. Yeah. Your and diaper so bag gets <laughs> less and less fed. <laughs> <laughs> but so what ends up happening is, with, with, with the youngest child, you end up generally not overreacting to shit, because you're like, ah, it's not that big of a deal, mm -hmm. or like, you've done it enough times. Or in the beginning, you do overreact. Now, if your first child was super easy to deal with and very like complacent and or uh, compliant, and then your second child is a fucking demon, then that probably doesn't. <laughs> How it usually is. <laughs> I was the demon. Yeah. Me too. So it's funny. Um, like I moved to California whenever I was 19 for a guy that lived here, and I had met on the internet. So my parents obviously were not very happy about that. I was very impulsive and had no idea what I was doing. Um, but, and they obviously like voice their opinions, like don't go, you shouldn't go, this is a bad idea, like you're going to school here, you're giving up everything. But it's funny, it reminds me, the day that I was leaving, or maybe like a few days before, my mom had given me this little air freshener that goes in your car, it's like a Fox thing from Bath and Body Works, and she had got this little scent to put in it, and that like means the world to me, that was like a a sign of like peace, if you will, of like even though you're doing something that we like clearly are not approving of, like we still love you and support you. Mm. And so I still have that little fox thing in my car, Aww. even though it doesn't like Aww, stay on there. <laughs> and I absolutely love that scent. It just reminds me of that. And I think brings me back to like just 
that love from my mom. So, like, from a parent's perspective, like, what are, like, pieces of advice we can give, you know, a parent who's watching um, regarding letting go or showing unconditional love through some of these decisions? Um, what are what are some things we can teach parents on this podcast? Uh, Rashid, do you have any thoughts? Um, actually, why you're you talking about that, all I could remember is my dad when I was leaving for college, um, 17. And it, in Egyptians, we don't leave our mom's house till mm-hmm. we go to our... When we get married, you know, mm-hmm. we go from mom. Leave and cleave. Yeah, right. So I, I broke that pretty good at 17. Mm-hmm. And wow. uh, Where'd you go to college? Was Cal it out State of state? Sabadino. No. Oh, well, I'll oh. Like 30 minutes away from <laughs> 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 like Boston. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty big deal, though. <laughs> yeah, because even for me, like, I, w- I lived in Pomona, and I went to college in Redlands, and it was, like, the biggest deal. Like, my <laughs> parents, you know? But it's, like, it feels like states and states away. Yeah, you're so on your own. Yeah, yeah. So That's I can totally relate so to that. So how did your dad respond? Uh, he didn't talk to me for six months. Oh, wow. yeah, no. I, never, uh, he sat down there. I was like, I'm leaving, Dad. You know, the truck is all filled up, and he just looked me straight ahead. He never said bye to me. Aww. But I kind of get it now, and I love him so much for it. He's a, yeah, he's, he's a wonderful human being. Mm. But he, uh, his thing was he, uh, he didn't think I was ready yet, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, I think later on he told me that you know what I, I'm glad you did that because it really I didn't know what I was doing. Like mm-hmm. I, I remember my first time doing laundry, I cut up soap in four pieces. And oh. <laughs> 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 you know, Egyptian mom yeah. is like you wake up, everything's done for you. That's great. <laughs> That's not great when you're on your yeah, own. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what the hell? How do, I, how do I clean my clothes? I know. I made lots of friends, though. I, I destroyed that laundromat, but I, I made lots of friends. <laughs> That's funny. It really does teach you to be on your own. So so for her, you know, at 22, she's going to be all alone in a different state with you know, his mm-hmm. family only. She'll get to, to learn and see if she's okay with it. If she's not, maybe we'll see her right back, I think. Yeah. Hopefully. Fingers crossed. You know, so or it could be completely in a positive manner and they do very well, you know, you never know. There is a rite of passage of becoming an adult where you start making decisions for yourself. Now we could argue when that age is, and according to the American Journal of Psychology, adolescence has now been extended to the age of 28, mm-hmm. which my personal experience would say, yeah, that's fair, that makes sense. But yeah, there agree. is the <laughs> stage where you no, have to step out adult. and start making decisions for your own. And as a parent, and you know, I, I can understand, as a parent, you're making a huge investment in a child. Right? And you, a better part of your adult life was spent raising this being. And so for them to, to suddenly totally turn around and decide to make decisions totally counter to your family, totally counter to your values, is like, ugh, what have I been doing? Mm-hmm. You know, but you, I would say to parents, trust the values you instilled in them uh, because if you've instilled them, they will show up, but they need to integrate them, and integrating them very means they need to go out on their own and figure it out, figure it out for themselves, and give them the space to do that. And again, I would appeal to parents, think about when you were their age and what you did, secretly or not, mm-hmm. that your parents <laughs> didn't know about, and how you tried yeah. to figure out who you were, and trust that you did a good job parenting, and they will come back around uh, as a general sentiment. Obviously, there's always extenuating circumstances in which this vice would not be valid, but for most parents who freak out about this kind of stuff, it's like, just give them space. They'll figure it out. Yeah, I mean, I've talked with Sylvana about this multiple times, but the best you th- the best thing you can do is instill the values uh, that you want to instill in them, and then hope they make the best decision, and then set them free at some point. It, like, 
jumping back into that, and this is the principle, core principle to my business, my life in general, focus as a parent, focus on teaching people how to think, teaching your kids how to think, not what to think. Because mm -hmm. if you spend most of the time teaching them what to think, one, they're not going to do very well on their own, and two, they're going to end up challenging a lot of that because they don't know what it means. Whereas if you teach a kid how to think, that is quite useful as they get older. How are some ways yeah. that you, a parent, could teach a kid how? how to think? How to think would be teaching um, critical thinking, how to approach a scenario or a person, or how to write, ask good questions. What to think would be, this is wrong, this is good. Mm -hmm. Right, where it's like, think about it this way. Our first grade or kindergarten teacher taught us two plus two equals four. Well, what to think would be two plus two equals four. That's not entirely useful. There's not a lot of scenarios in life where two plus two equals four is gonna be entirely useful to you if you don't know why. That is the how to think. How to think two plus two equals four. I understand the addition here. I know why two plus two equals four. Well, now I can figure out why four plus four equals eight, eight plus eight equals 16. Now I have a rule I can use to navigate life. Make sense? <coughs> Whereas a lot of, yeah. and this is society right now because we're in nanny state, we're not teaching people how to think. We're telling them what to think. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't, that makes the mind lazy and then people don't know how to think for themselves. How to <coughs> think gives them tools to interface with the world and make good decisions. So sure. that's what I do with my son too. I never really fix the problem he wants me to fix. I just tell him like, that's how you should do it and have him figure it out. Right, and the, the, where I was laughing, I was again playing with Damien, we were playing COD last night and my youngest brother is in the Marines, uh, was on, we were all playing, and he started laughing, he goes, we have a name for that kind of leadership in the Marines, because Dave will come downstairs, he goes, Dad, this isn't working. I'll go, what are you gonna do about it? How do you think you should approach this? What do you think the answer is? Mm -hmm. And he starts chuckling, because I think the idea is that most dads would just run, oh, I'll fix mm -hmm. it for you. Well, the problem is, is if I fix it for him, then he's never gonna learn how to do it for himself. Mm -hmm. So generally, I'll show them one or two times, but then after that, I need them to figure it out. Mm -hmm. Right? Otherwise, they're always going to depend on me. The I do it, we do it, you do it. Exactly. It's essentially Beautiful. the scientific method versus the religion of science. Correct. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. So that's what people were mentioning in the comments like your, of your last video is like you, you said that science changes all the time and people don't agree on science. And then people in the comments were saying because we're, we're, people proclaim constantly that there's a consensus within the scientific community right. all the time. Right. And then people within the comments were like, well, the, the concept of science is question everything, you know, not just to assume or, or to accept whatever is given to you. Mm -hmm. And so I think teaching the scientific method versus science as a religion is probably and the way to go. Understanding the scientific method, which like, most people can't even recite the scientific method that are like, it's scientifically proven. Like, motherfucker, do you even know what the scientific <laughs> method is? <laughs> like, don't tell me it's scientifically proven. And I love science. Like, I was on a, a call this morning and someone was asking me, when did you decide to get into business and, and when did that become important to you? And I was, I was explaining it was a personal experience with my mom that made me go that route. But up until that age, which was puberty, so like 10 or 11, I was obsessed with science. I love science. But if you take some of my sound bites that get thrown out on freaking TikTok or on, on the social platforms, you may think I have a d I don't like science. I absolutely love science. I just understand that it's a tool. It isn't a fucking religion. And it's when people appeal to an authority that they don't even understand that it's no longer science. It's a religion, which is beautifully put. So I, you know, I probably have people in the scientific community who don't like me, and then I probably have people that are are hardcore. Uh, conspiracy theorists who think I'm 
I'm you know, advocating for their belief system, in which I am not. I'm staunchly in the camp of science that just use critical thinking when looking at it. There, there's also something to be said about everything being evidence-based. You need to look for evidence with regards to proving any um, claim, right? But sometimes that evidence is faulty, <laughs> and often it is because everything changes. Every, every century, like most, like I would say a very high percentage of scientific theories are overhauled, meaning they no longer exist. Right. Or, yeah. or like, hey, we used to think this, we no longer think this. Which yeah. is hilarious how much that happens. So then when we're like, okay, well, certainly science has its place and the world is better with science in it, right? It, it, before that, it was appealing to some dude who had an opinion that controlled everybody. At least we have a method now for discerning the truth of at least the first three dimensions. So it's a very useful tool, but something in humanity wants to appeal to a higher authority, which means we're always finding a way to do that. And now we've made science our religion, and scientists are our pastors, if you will, or imams, whatever. Yeah. Have, have you guys ever watched a lecture or a, um, a debate amongst scientists? It's like it gets very contentious. It's, it's hilarious. It's like, it gets yeah. so contentious on one subject that everybody thinks there's a consensus on. And it's like, no, this guy completely thinks the opposite from this guy based on evidence. And they're all using like <laughs> evidence and, you know, facts and, and things that, you know, would prove their points. So it's like, who do, who, like you would watch the, some of these debates and you'd be like, who, what the fuck do I believe? I, I don't right. know. This like, guy makes some good points. This guy makes some good points. <laughs> and like even the crowd, it, within the crowd, they're like, uh, we don't know what to believe. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. It's true. So, all right, guys, we're going to land the plane here. Um, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Um, if you want to join our business program, go to patreon.com forward slash FI podcast. It's a group coaching program for um, business owners, entrepreneurial minded people, um, and, you know, relation, relationship minded people as well. Um, we, we would love to see you there. Uh, also, if you want to watch clips, go to Sebastian Ingus, Frank Aziz, or the F5 podcast on TikTok. We go live on YouTube Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So check us out there if you want to join us. Uh, we look forward to you know conversing with you. We look forward to having you join the podcast because we'd love to answer questions. We'd love to create some more engagement here. Uh, thank you so much, and we look forward to seeing you on the next podcast. Peace. Thanks for coming.